Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, so let me get back into our series of Ephesians, and let me kind of bring us back up to speed. Paul wrote this letter to the Gentiles, to the Ephesian churches. And, um, you know, even just uh, last night, actually, as I was working and meditating on it, I thought it was interesting because I realized that Ephesians was like a blueprint, if you will, of, of the church and of what God wanted out of the church. So now we see in Ephesians that this is what I was pondering. This letter went throughout the churches, scholars say, and I'm thinking these churches, they were operating without a blueprint. They were operating without a blueprint. And this is what can happen when you don't have the blueprint. We will say that the manual, the spec book, however you want to say it, we have the Bible now. So Paul had to bring in this um, understanding and his revelation and teachings of what God wanted. Now, if you remember, he started out, we, and I say this all the time, he started out writing to the saints. Now, the saints are the people that made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. They're the followers of Jesus. So he's writing to followers. He's not writing to just people and religious people. He's writing to the church, which we are part of the church. You and I, if you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you are part of the church. We see in Scripture that this word church, it means us, the called out ones, but it also means congregation. And that's where we're going today as well. We're going to see in here when it says church, it's talking about the congregation that we're all joined together here. But Paul starts out and he tells the, the saints, he says, here's the layout of the church. <laughs> And he goes through the, the characteristics or the, um, the, the points that, first of all, God the Father, what he does, God the Son, what he, is, what he does, and God the Holy Spirit. So he lays it out pretty uh, simple. But, you know, you and I, we probably know it a little bit better because we, we've had the church. We've had the church all our lives and, and before us. But he's laying this all out and he, and he continues to explain all the things that we get out of the church. The blessings, the, um, the, the mercy and, and love and all this, all this other stuff that we talked about the past couple weeks on it. But now we're getting into a point that the, the title is God's Mystery Revealed. Now, we were talking about this last week, the mystery being revealed. And it's still kind of unfolding in chapter 3, but we'll get a, a good understanding of it. And the mystery is, is the church. But let me, give me a little time before I explain it. I want to get some characteristics of Paul. I want to talk about Paul. And you're going to see some interesting characteristics in the life of this man. And I want to start out in chapter 3, verse 1. And I want to stay on verse 1 for a few moments. But Paul says this, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. Now, let me, let me just talk about this for a little bit. 
we have to understand Paul is a prisoner and he's writing a letter to the Ephesians. He's really a prisoner because the Ephesians, that's, that's a whole nother story. But here, here's this man, he's in jail and he's writing this letter to the church, to the churches. Now, Paul is a guy who is sold out. I mean, he's just sold out for God. Again, if you read, you read his writings, you see there's no doubt. This guy is sold out for God. He was entrusted by Jesus. Now he's bringing this message to the Gentiles. Now, who are the Gentiles? Well, the Gentiles, as we've seen last week, the Gentiles are non-Jews. They were the people that the Jews looked down to. They were called the heathens. They had all the other things going against them. Society, they were, again, looked down upon. But Paul is bringing good news to the Gentiles. Now, most of us, at one time, were Gentiles. I hope all of us now are followers of Jesus Christ. But what Paul is doing, he's bringing the Jews and the Gentiles together through the word of God. We'll see in a minute. But here's my point about Paul. He's gone through so much stuff. He's gone through trials and tribulation. He's in prison and he's in prison for the Ephesians, for, for the saints, but he's in, in there because of a situation. Now, to me, I would think if I'm going through a trial and a tribulation of being in prison, whatever it may be, I don't know how I can be an encouragement to other people. It would just be woe is me. But Paul is stepping outside because he's, he has this relationship with God. He loves God. God is using him. And he's taking it serious. Now, Paul is sold out for God. Now, we talk about this mystery. We're going to see it here in a minute. A hidden, uh, once hidden, but now revealed. We think a lot of times when we hear uh, mystery, we think of uh, who done it. You know what I mean? It's not that kind of mystery. It doesn't mean that in this. Or like, you know, man, what did I do with my keys? I lost them. It's a mystery. Where do they want? It's, it's not that. It's a mystery. It's something that God knew, knew, knows, knew, and he's beginning to reveal it. That's all it is. He's beginning to reveal it. But we're seeing in this life here of Paul, we're seeing that he was sold out. He, was, he suffered for the church. Paul, was, Paul put the church in high value. He put it in high value. He had, a, he had a love for it, and he had a concern for the church. Now, let me switch gears just a little bit here. I want to deviate from... Ephesians, and I want to go to 2 Timothy. It's going to be a little sensitive here for some of us. Maybe not for some of us here, but other people, not, not here. But look what 2 Timothy says here. For the time will come, this is Paul, right into young Timothy. For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Amen. Amen. There's one person here today. <laughs> Amen. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. There's people that don't take church serious. They just don't take it seriously. If they don't hear 
what they want to hear, they'll move on. Now, let me tell you something. There is churches, there are thousands and thousands of churches right here in this country. And I guarantee you, if you don't like what you hear in one church, you can find what you want to hear in another church. That doesn't make it right. Because the church, the word of God, the preaching can make you feel uncomfortable. Matter of fact, it's offensive in some areas. If we're dealing with sin in our lives, God says, don't be sinning. Wait a second, I'm going to move on because I don't like hearing about sin. You know, honestly, sometimes you'll hear from this pulpit a lot about hell. That makes people quiver a little bit. And the people who quiver a little bit, well, they need to make sure their salvation is right. They got to make sure their relationship with God is right. You'll hear things about hell. You'll hear about the devil. Devil's real in the Bible. The devil's or demons are real. Some people don't like to hear that. Kind of freaks them out a little, makes them a little scared. So they'll find a church that preaches, hey, you're fine. You're doing good. You're a good person. You know, without preaching the whole message, the true message. So Paul had a high value on church. Sometimes people have a lax, is the word maybe, of church. I thank the Lord for our technology of streaming. I thank the Lord for it. But that's not an excuse not to come to church. But we're all here. I'm not, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir in one sense. So the point really is, is that what's the church good for? Why did God create the church? Let's keep, let's read on here. In verse uh, two. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation, or that would be administration of you, if you will, of God's God, of the grace of God, which was given to me, Paul is saying to him, for you. Now, Paul is in prison, and God is revealing something to him for the saints, for the Ephesians. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already. That's what we talked about last week. Verse 4, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Okay, so we're seeing something here. Paul's getting this revelation and he's writing this letter back and he's writing it out to him. I, I read something yesterday and I, you know, it's, it's from these smart guys, so it's not coming from me, but it's these theologians. Wasn't that funny, Chuck? So these theologians, these theologians, here's what they say about this, the book of Ephesians. They say that it was one letter that went through several churches in Ephesus. And they, what they say is that one letter was written for, for, the, for all of them. It was delivered to each church, one letter. So the church got, one church got the letter for a while. They read it and they had to pass it on. And, and some of them even rewrote it to have a copy in their hand. Now that's not biblical, but that's what the scholars say probably happened with this letter. But the point really is, is Paul is getting this message out and God is just using Paul. Okay, Paul is, you're going to see Paul is, is just a, a regular person. He's not special, nor does he make himself to be special. Okay, but now he's getting into revealing this mystery a little bit more. What, verse 5? Is that where we're at, verse 5? Yeah. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. Talking about the mystery, was not known. 
as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Here we go. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Okay, so here, this is it right here. Remember, remember what we said last week. There was a separation, the Jews and everybody else. And the Jews were, yeah, we're called God's people, God's chosen people, whatever, however they want to say it. But they were using that against the Gentiles, calling them heathens. And, and they even had some bad sayings about the Gentiles. But you know what? God didn't forget them. And now we see this church. The church now is being revealed in this, in this chapter. We're seeing here that whether you are a, a Gentile or you are a Jew, you can both come into the citizenship, the household of a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He's not saying that, this, that we or the Gentiles are becoming Jewish or the Jews are becoming Gentiles. He's not saying that. He's saying under him and the household of God, we can have a citizenship and we can be called followers of Christ. We can be called Christians. So it's almost like a, a third sect here taking place. So that's huge. That's huge. Now, now it's kind of like in our own lives. We were unsaved. We were heathens. We didn't have a relationship with God. And thank the Lord that now we have an opportunity through Christ Jesus, through accepting him. Um, where am I? Verse 7. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. So Paul was saying, okay, this is... this." This revelation is coming to me by God. Now, Paul uses this word minister. Now, he's not elevating himself because minister actually means servant. It actually means waiter. So again, Paul is, Paul's got, he's a humble guy. He's saying, God, give me this revelation, but it's, it's not from me, it's from God, and it's for you. Let me, let me uh, fly through these next couple verses. Verse eight. To me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 8 again. Who am less than the least? I look at this, I look at that couple words there, that four words, and I mean, it's like, I thought I had bad vocabulary. <laughs> that how do you become less of the least? But Paul is bringing a point here that, hey, I'm nobody special. A couple verses up, I'm a waiter, I'm a servant. But he's saying, I'm less than the least. So get this straight here. But he's preaching it to the Gentiles. Verse 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of age has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ. Okay, the mystery is being revealed, but it's always been there. The church, we know the church is Jesus created the church at um, we talked about that. He's a cornerstone. But God had the church in the plan from the beginning of time. He didn't leave the Gentiles a bandit. He had a plan for him. He had a good plan for him. And we see it's now unfolding here. Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and power in the heavenly places. We see the church in here. 
Something has taken place in the church, in the congregation, in each and every one of us individually. According to the eternal purpose, God's plan, which he had accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. Take notice of this, which is your glory. So there was a lot said there without a doubt, but we're seeing a couple of things that I just want to continue to highlight, if we can, on Paul and his life and what God has done. The mystery has been revealed, without a doubt. Now the Gentiles have a, have a ticket. They can, they can get to heaven. But it was always God's plan. The Gentiles were always in God's plan. Now, Paul suffered a whole lot. He suffered, and again, if you look at the life of Paul, you see all, his, all the things he went through. But God spoke to him through his suffering, which in turn, he spoke to us. So a lot of times, we go through things in our lives, and I would say this, what is God trying, what is God trying to say to you? Maybe, just maybe, I would almost say for sure, God wants to tell you something. God wants to tell you something. You got a situation with your kids. You got a situation in your health. God is trying to tell you something. Now, we don't always tune in, but what I'm saying is, don't lose the opportunity. So many times, I think, when we look at the, our lives, the Christian life, it's portrayed in the results of how we act towards something. Here's what I mean. We can say we have a lot of faith and we can do a lot of great things. We have the authority from God to do great things. But when a situation comes up, I see, personally, I see this, people transfer that authority that they have in, in God and they give the authority over to the situation. Oh, now I'm dealing with sickness and all of a sudden this sickness or this... Uh, this financial thing, whatever's going on, all of a sudden, that takes authority over your life. You will, hear, you will hear people say things like when they get a sickness or a disease, they'll even make reference, they'll take ownership of it. Oh, my such and such sickness. My, no, it's not yours. <laughs> don't, take, don't, take, don't take that position because it was an intruder. But the point really is, is, don't transfer the authority that God has given us to your problems. See, Paul had the problems. He could have said, woe is me. He could have complained and everything else. But he, he looked for God. He was listening for God. And God was speaking to him through many times. So the church is God's plan. This is God's plan right here. Now, there's many of these out there. And there's many of these good ones out there, churches. And a good church is preaching the word of God. A good church is Jesus Christ is Lord. A good church is seeing people get saved. A good church is, is um, people praying for one another. That's what a church is, that's what it's supposed to be doing. And we are the church. We are the church. So why did, why did Paul have such high value, if, if you will, on the church? because he had high value of God. He had a high value of God. This is why he was so serious about the things that God is using him in. God used Paul in a great way. Paul actually went from 
being an opposer to a follower, from a, a persecutor to being persecuted, to a hater to a lover. Only God can pull this off. Only God can pull this off, these things. Only God can, can make it, make it a fair playing ground for the Gentile and the Jew. Only God could pull that off. Now, God gives us all these opportunities to have the right relationship with them. But the point really is, is even what we're going through in life, don't stop church. You know why? Because this is where we get our strength from. A lot of people say this, and I've heard this so many times. I can be a Christian and I don't need to go to church. And I'll say this, true, true, but you're not a good Christian. Matter of fact, you're being a Christian in disobedience. Yeah, you'll go to heaven if you really made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Yeah, you'll go to heaven, but in disobedience of not going to church, the Bible says don't forsake, don't neglect the church, don't neglect assembling together. People like to twist things around and say, I, I was talking to someone the other day about the Lord. And he says, I'm okay. I'm okay. You don't go to church. He doesn't have a relation. I'm okay. You want to say, are you? <laughs> you know, but that's, you want to be careful how you handle that. But are you okay? There's only one way of being okay is having the relationship with Jesus Christ. Is being a part of the church of what God is doing. I want to start winding down here. And I want to say this, this is exciting for the church. This is an exciting thing that takes place that God has provided for each and every one of us. We now have, we now are in God's plan. Or I should say, you were always in God's plan. Did you know that? You were always in God's plan. God always had a desire for you to be a member of the household of God. Fellow citizens, fellow heirs that the scripture says in verse 6. Fellow heirs. What does an heir get, you know? Well, they get everything handed down from the Father. So we're not short of blessings. We don't understand certain things. And as we grow in the Lord, when we realize, you know what? I got access to God Almighty. And you know what? You do too. You do too. I want to say something. I'm not trying to put Pastor John Grammer out of business. But you know what? You have power in your prayer, just like Pastor John does up here. You, if you made Jesus Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you. You got the power of God inside of you. Yeah, we need, we need prayer teams. We need, we need people to help lead other people to the Lord and guide and direct them and, and pray for them. But you know what? Don't underestimate your prayer. Don't push it off to someone else to pray for you. Pray, because God has given us access. We have access to God. We have access to the creator, the one who created you, the one who created me, the one who created the church. This was all his plan. We are now God's people. And what happens in the church? You grow in the church. This is what takes place. You grow in the church. This is where we, this is why we need it. You know, a lot of times, we can stand at this time. A lot of times we see in scripture, it's not good that man should be alone. Now we use that all the time for weddings and that's great. It is, it is a good point without a doubt. But God wants us to be together. He calls us to be together. This idea, what we're doing right here is his plan. It's not our plan. It's not, it's not people's plans. It's God's plan. And it's God's plan to 
for us to continue to grow more and more like Him. He provided a way for us. He provided an avenue. So we all have access to God, to the same God. Amen? Let me pray. Well, Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for your church that you made happen. Lord, that you didn't forget about us Gentiles, but Lord, you provided a, a way, a plan for us. Lord, we know the strength of the church. We know the importance of the church, the importance of the church. It's important to you, Father, and it's important to us. And Lord, I thank you for Paul's, for you using Paul in this powerful way to present the gospel to the Ephesians, to the saints, to us. But Lord, I pray that we just continue to turn it up in our lives, Lord, that we take our relationship serious with you. We don't mess around. We don't play church. We don't play religion, but we, play, we, we have a relationship with you. So Father God, again, I thank you for this time. I pray a blessing over each person here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you and have a great day.